It's happening again. Welcome to Work Cookie, a CBOT podcast. As we broadcast around the world, get bite-sized morsels and tidbits from our industrial organizational psychologists, other experts, and the latest research on the workplace to boost your organization's effectiveness. Sign up now at seabock.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from our experts. Don't forget to check out our corporate career boost recruiter, and even student memberships at seabock.com. This is Dr. Jeremy Lookaball. I'm an industrial organizational psychology consultant. Seabock.com is the web address. You can also visit my company's web address at turnboot.com. That's turnboot.com. Today is part three of how to fix common workplace challenges. If you've listened to part one and two, we are working our way through a LinkedIn article entitled 10 Shockingly Common Workplace Challenges Impacting Your Business. So far, we've reviewed uh, part one was communication or lack thereof. Part two was on staying engaged and motivated. And today, part three, we'll get as far as we can. So number three is on project management and organization. And if you remember from the last podcast, the author, it's interesting because the author says, hey, here are the problems that you face, but doesn't provide any way to solve those problems, which is really odd to me. It's like going to a doctor and he says, you have, uh, you're sick or you have knee pain or you have a broken leg, but, but then walking out and, and leaving you. So project management and organization. Wow. Unless you're a project man- management specialist, unless you are a project management lover, this is very difficult. This is a certain stumbling block. There's a couple tips, a couple things that I'm going to help you better understand that will give you some introspect as well as some insight into how you can manage projects better with your team and depending who is on your team. So the author writes, even if you've had a great team in place that's highly engaged and communicates effectively, chances are they're stumbling over the organization's hurdling during projects. So the author starts off with, even if you have a great team in place that's highly engaged and communicates effectively, chances are they are stumbling over the organization hurdle during projects. So for the first thing that comes to mind when we talk about project management and challenges that people share, first things first, understand how people work. What I mean by that, people have different productivity styles. They generally fit into one of five categories that will be for another podcast. But to give you the nuts and bolts, some people are planners. Some people like to write out a plan. They stick to that plan almost no matter what. Other people do and don't plan and they don't like planning, but they are so very agile in the process that they don't need a plan and a plan could actually stifle their productivity. Now, that just made a lot of you cringe. How can you not have a plan and stick to a plan? And the same thing with the other part of you as an audience say, oh my gosh, I if I stick to a plan, what, what if something comes up? It would take me longer to plan and I would never get anything done. So we have to realize these two sides, these two parts of the spectrum. You likely don't have to ask yourself, which one are you? Because you know which one of these you are. Classic example is if you were to take a 
road trip, thousand mile road trip. There are some people that will pack up, jump in the car and go and figure it out along the way. That makes many of you stressed, that thought. Others will spend time, maybe even Excel spreadsheet. This is the hotel I'm gonna stay in at this point. Here's where we're going to stop. Here's how many miles we're gonna travel in the day. Neither way is bad. Both ways are good. These are instinctual methods that we have, instinctual productivity styles. The conative aspect of the brain, C-O-N-A-T-I-V-E aspect of the brain. So generally, we've got emotional and we have cognitive parts of the brain, which we're all very familiar with both. But there's this inset conative part where it's our instinctual drive. Our emotion and cognition help us understand what we want to do. Our drive is how we are going to do it. For example, many of you might present in front of a group. Some of you would do a PowerPoint, be very clear, stick to the PowerPoint, step by step, plan out the PowerPoint. Others of you might figure out your presentation on your drive into work and wing it. Both are okay because it speaks to individual styles. Let's say that I was doing a presentation on dinosaurs and I work with you and all of a sudden I'm sick and I say, look, here's an outline of it. Could you go up and present it to the group and just have a conversation with them and share some of these things? There are some of you that would say, oh yeah, I could do that because you're agile enough. There's others of you that would say, no way, Jose, am I doing it without the structure that I need? Both ways are okay. The challenge in the workplace is getting these two types of individuals to work together. Very difficult to do that. When you look at conflict in the organization, a lot of conflict comes from these two different types, these two different ways of doing things. And conflict can also arise when you have too many people that are doing it the same way. So this is where it can be helpful to have different types of people on the same team. The people that run with it and are agile, those are the people that will need to go to you planners and more structured individuals and say, hey, this is what I'm planning on doing. Can you poke some holes in it and see where I might be making a mistake in the future? And those of you who are are planners and very structured might find it difficult sometimes to get a project off the ground. You might plan, plan, plan and never actually do. This is where you can connect with those who you know to say, how do I just start? Get me going on this. So again, there's no right or wrong way. The doers say, I'd rather do it and get it done than plan and never get it and never start it. The planners say, well, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it the exact right way. I want to plan for... Um, everything that might happen and have a contingency plan. Again, no right or wrong way, but it's very important to under, to see who these two different people are. Also realize that there are people who are going to want to research and do a lot of research before they make a decision, before they suggest something. There are people that are going to, one of their biggest fears is, is being wrong. So they're going to want to do a lot of research to find out what's been done in the past and find a, a path forward. So again, what does this matter? This matters for those who might take a little extra time. Now, yes, we can be, you know, both. Some people walk the line of all of these. Now, there's another group of people who are more, uh, I have to envision it out. If you're the kind of person who would do a home improvement project and can envision, you know, putting in new cabinets 
and then would love to put in new cabinets or new floors in your house, this is you. We look at these different types of individuals who some like to do and not plan. Some like to plan and not do. Some like to research before they do and some like to vision and then create. It's important and how do you find out who is who that you're working with? Ask questions, ask situational questions. When you're in a meeting with some of your coworkers, who are those people that have these big ideas that aren't quite yet thought through and this bothers you? These are the ideas people, these are likely also the people that will jump into a project head first and go at it, make mistakes along the way, it's okay, but they will figure it out. You've gotta have faith in them. There are also people in meetings that if you're an ideas person, they're the ones that immediately get into the weeds poke holes in everything that you want to do, that's okay. These are the people that the ideas people need to make sure that they don't fall on their butts to be able to figure out, hey, okay, I really need to think this through. But if you're an ideas person, one tip, if you're going to share an idea, you might say, listen, here's an idea. This isn't the final idea. But the, the reason I'm stating this is to spark thought and ideas. Marketing does this. Uh, people in marketing campaigns called spark and fire, where somebody shoots an idea and all of a sudden, you know, they say, hey, why don't we have a, an elephant run through the streets with balloons tied to his ears? And eventually they decide on a doom buggy in the sand flying a kite. The elephant wasn't the idea saying, yes, we should do the elephant idea, but they're saying, look, let's think along these lines. Let's expand our perspective. So if you have an idea, say, look, I'm not suggesting this is a final idea, but this popped into my head. This might spark other good ideas to help us to get somewhere. And if you're the planner process, very structured person, it's okay to stay silent in some of these meetings and let those ideas people flush things out on their own. How do you do this? You ask questions. You ask questions that start with what and how. You might say, that's interesting. What happens if, and then maybe play devil's advocate or ask them a question. How do you see this being implemented in X, Y, or Z? This can help the ideas person really start to flush out the idea and it also creates harmony in a working relationship. So knowing that there are these two kinds of people, accepting that these there are these two kinds of, of people and being grateful that there are two, these two kinds of people that have different instinctual ways of productivity and getting things done. That is very important to keep in mind. Another thing that's very important to do, if you're going to have some kind of a project management software and there are tons and tons and tons out there, it might take a team effort to discover which works for everyone. Some people won't want to be pigeonholed into a specific project management software, let alone any at all. However, playing on people's strengths and their instinctual drives can help this. You can use project management software to provide an outlet for the creatives as well as the extremely structured people. Uh, for example, ClickUp does this. You can assign your tasks, you can have subtasks, you can have due dates, you can have everything that, that your structured person wants, but it also has something that takes all of this 
and you can just click on mind map and it puts it into a mind map. And if you're not familiar with what a mind map is, take a look after listening to this. The creative people might enjoy the mind map aspect because it shows in a graphic form what is going on with a project. And it also allows them to create their own mind maps where they can say, here's an idea. And they, uh, the purpose of a mind map is to be able to be creative in thought with colors and different shapes and, and to put down different ideas. And eventually this very creative person can see, wow, here's a picture of my thoughts. And then they can talk through that picture with the more structured individuals and the structured individuals will get a better sense of how this could be put into an actual process with these ideas. So again, process structure versus idea and eventually we take away the verses. Uh, it's project, it's structure and process and implementing the idea. One final thing to explore. The last point that the author of this article makes is a lack of direction in individual roles can make it tough to organize and to prioritize tasks. Again, this takes you as a leader or as a project manager or a good team member to identify who is looking for extremely clear direction. This isn't hand-holding. Who wants clear direction, clarity, purpose, why, and please tell me almost exactly what to do and then I will be a star performer versus those who want the bullet points, the basic idea, and they'll make it great. Find out which people on your team fall into which category. You will have different people that fall into these different roles. Play on their strengths. Let them know that you're aware of their strengths and you deeply appreciate their strengths. If something needs looking into, you're gonna find that person who will do all the research and check out the 10 to 20 decent project management softwares out there and then provide a recommendation. How do you find out who these people are who are really good at research and looking into things? Simply ask someone, ask the whole group, what is the last big purchase you made? Somebody might say, uh, I bought a car recently. Okay, tell me about that. You're going to have some people that say, well, I knew I wanted a red car and I knew I wanted it to have good gas mileage. So I went to the dealership and I bought a car. There's other people that are going to say, oh man, I did three months of research. I looked at opinions. I looked at reviews online. You see where I'm going with this. Those are the people that are your research-oriented, looking at different perspectives on a potential product or perspectives on an idea. What about the people who can envision? You have your idea people. They're going to have big ideas. They're going to be your creatives, your innovators. You're going to have your structured people who are going to be able to put that into a plan. You're going to have your research-oriented people who are going to figure out whether or not this is a really good idea. And then you're going to have your vision implementers. They'll be able to envision out what this actually looks like. They, they will provide a vision and be able to see right in their head, looking straight forward, how this all looks as it's being implemented. What is going on when it's being implemented. And they will help with the implementation process. We're getting close to the 20-minute mark. like to make these bite-sized podcasts. Thank you for joining me with part three of 
how to fix common workplace challenges. In the next episode, we will cover staff attitudes and hierarchy bureaucracy, and we may even hit some of the other ones here in this article. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Cookie, a Seabock podcast. Don't forget to sign up at seabock.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from experts. Would it be a bad idea to make your most challenging workplace problems go away? Don't forget to check out our corporate, career boost, recruiter, and even student memberships at seabock.com.